children do not come with directions. If you haven't realized this already, no matter the age, you could have one child or 10 and not one is the same. Each person has their own likes, dislikes, and ways of doing things. What one child responds to, the other may not. So welcome to It Wasn't in the Manual, The Art of Parenting Your Own Way. This panel discussion is all about hearing each other, sharing perspectives and stories, and gathering as a community in this journey called parenthood. Welcome to the space. Hello, everybody. Welcome to It Wasn't in the Manual, The Art of Parenting Your Own Way. So excited for tonight's conversation, which is a panel discussion, which is all about accepting your children and not making them what you want them to be. Uh, This applies to the adults wanting to convey this to their parents and those parents with children and toddlers to adult. There is a line that often gets confusing when we want the best for our kids and we push ideas on them and it is not necessarily in the best interest of the child. So in this space, we are going to have the discussions to open it up and shine light on this and um, expand the conversation. So those who are, those on the panel, please come on up. Um, Those joining us, please feel free to use the chat box and put any questions or comments into the, into the space so you can participate in the conversation. We would love to hear and see what you, to see what you have to say. And to the participants coming up, obviously you're going to find a space that um, is not taken. (laughs) So um, great to see you up here. I know Keely is up here. I know Kiosha is up here. Um, I'm not sure. I think that might be Natalie is the other person. And I'm not sure if Lainey is up here yet. Lainey, if you are up here, please feel free to unmute yourself. Okay. So she might be in the process. So as we are waiting, and hopefully she can get on, uh, Michaela, are you here? I'm guessing that, Michaela, is that you? Did you just unmute yourself? I can't hear if that's, if you did. Okay, um, let's get on with this. And um, as as my panelists come um, into the space, then we will invite them up. So again, welcome everybody. My name is Hollis Citron and my companies are I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. I'm so grateful to my guests for being here really expand and shed light on this conversation. Um, So we're just going to kind of dive right in and I'd love my panelists to introduce themselves and I am going to say their names and they're just going to say their name and how many children they have and then we'll just go for it. So Healy, let's hear from you first. Hi Hollis. Hi. So good to be here with you. As Hollis said, I'm Keely Belton calling in from Oakland, California, and I have one daughter, seven years old. Thank you. So happy that you're here, Keely. Thank you. Um, Miss Kiosha.
Kiosha, can you hear me? Okay, having some audio issues. Okay, thank you. Um, is that somebody is connecting? Um, and I'm not sure if the other person is Michaela or Natalie. The VSY. So can you say who you are, please? There's some interesting things going on today with, I don't know, I don't think we're in a Mercury in retrograde because something's going on with technical stuff. So it might be a conversation, Keely, between you and I. We'll see. <laughs> How is so, Natalie? Can you hear me? Yes, now I can oh, hear you. Great. I don't know. I could be the VSY. I'm just not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Natalie, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us... Um, how old your children are, please. Sure. I'm Natalie Lairs from Wisconsin. I have six kids, ages uh, 24, 19, 16, 13, 10, and 7. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> that is a lot to remember. Thanks. Thank you, Natalie. So glad you're Thank here. You. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. And the other person that's here, is this Lainey? Yeah, it's Lainey. Hi. Yay. Hi. Oh, Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so looking forward to interacting with your panelists and with you. And I am the mother of a 23-year-old son. That's Wonderful. All. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lainey. So glad that you're here. Um, okay. So let's just dive right in. And the whole point of this space, just to kind of reiterate to the listeners and to um, my panelists, is it's a free-flowing conversation that's structured around three questions that I have. But as we kind of uh, explore different areas, please feel free as people bring things up, please feel free to unmute yourself and to talk off that topic. Um, so... Uh, I just want to reiterate that that is kind of what we're here to do because uh, one thing is going to lead into another and the whole point is that it's free, has a free flow. So the first question that I just kind of wanted to put out there was, were you allowed as a child from your parents, do you feel like you were accepted for who you were and um, weren't pushed to be something that you didn't want to be? I'm happy to jump in if nobody else wants to. <laughs> yes, please go for it. And then I will call on other people. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I was raised in somewhat of an abusive household. So just for the short answer, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And um, for you know, I'm in my mid 50s. And for, for many years... Um, you know, I, I just believe that that's the way families function. I just believe that that was the baseline of normal. And my friends also in their households had the same sort of yelling and the same sort of authoritarian paradigms. And it was just what I saw around me. So the freedom of being myself was never really granted or even normalized in my own childhood. That became something that um, really became a passion for me as I moved into my adulthood and eventually became a parent. But the, the real short answer, and I'm going to just end it there, is no. Mm, thank you for that. 
And there's so much to go off of right there. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, Natalie. Yeah, that actually resonates very deeply with me as well. Um, I grew up in a similar situation. And, um, you know, I think it's important to remember that we can't ever give away what we don't have. And if we don't know better, then we can't really do better. And it took me a long time to really begin to understand that. So I think as a parent, you know, of course, I always wanted to just be better than what I had, but I didn't have the tools um, at first, you know, in order to accomplish that. So that's why a space like this is so important so that we can help each other. Yes. Oh my gosh. What you two just said with, oh my God, so much to say, authoritarian, um, freedom of being self, not having the tools, cannot give what you don't have. Ah, so much to go off of that. So Keely, how about you? Thanks, Hollis. And uh, so much of what the ladies are saying is uh, is really resonating with me because when I think back to my own childhood, I think to being pushed to be the absolute best. I grew up in a household where my parents did not finish high school. So they had all these dreams of finish high school, go to university, do all the things. And of course that kind of shrinks the space to the space of having the ability to explore who I want to be. I became who my parents wanted me to be. Mm. So, and, and I'm listening to what Natalie said around not being able to give what you don't have. And this is kind of reminding me of the yelling, the screaming, that was my mom, that that was her communication style. And how do we ensure that we don't perpetuate that cycle? Thank you for that, Keely. So what you're bringing up here is, I love that word communication style. Um, Because we end up having that, right? Um, We end up kind of being able to gain that vocabulary as we get older. Um, obviously, we don't exactly know what's kind of going on when we're a kid. We we do know what's going on, but there's certain things we know that we can say we like it, we don't like it. It feels good, it doesn't feel good. And then as, as was said, you kind of gain those tools. So let's kind of go off from here and um, let's see, somebody take this. I do have other questions, but based off of what we just said, Somebody kind of take it a little bit and tell me what resonates with you and um, make it a little bit bigger. So who wants to go with it? On any of those topics, authoritarian, um, freedom of being self, yeah, not having the tools. I'm so happy to talk about this. This has been my life's work. Um, And, you know, I think, again, as somebody who has gone down a really um, serious path of my own mental wellness and healing and integration and a lot of shadow work, right, Mm -hmm. Um, that really brings me to a place of gratitude. Had, Had I not had this kind of upbringing, 
had I not had these kinds of experiences and the inner knowing that this was not how I wished to raise my child, I probably would have coasted and repeated patterns and, you know, perpetuated generational trauma that had been a part of my family. And so I see it as an absolute gift and an invitation to um, make changes, you know, to be the change I want to see in the world, you know, mm-hmm. to quote mm-hmm. Gandhi. Um, it, it, you know, so, so the, the, the dwelling on what didn't work is kind of not, you know, part of my, my um, focus anymore. But that led me to some really interesting dilemmas, right? The the name of this panel is accepting your children for who they are and recognizing that, you know, they don't come with instructions. So the understanding of what I don't want and how I don't want a parent was the beautiful springboard. But what I had to do is jump into a space and define how I wish to parent. Um, one of the, and I'll, I'll, I'll just end it with this um, mm-hmm. because you've got a, a wonderful panel of really interesting moms here that I'm just so honored to be in community with. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the interesting um, sort of uh, paths that I took, I, you know, I was, I just said I was in my mid fifties. I was, came of age in the 80s and I was a punk rocker and really was introduced to anarchy and the, um, you know, the addressing what authoritarianism looks like outside. And that became a big part of my identity throughout my young, you know, uh, adolescence and into my young adulthood. Yeah. And I never dropped it. So what is an anarchist? Well, it's somebody who is not choosing to live in an authoritarian paradigm. So what does that leave us? That leaves us consensual um, uh, relationships and it leaves us with partnership. And so partnership parenting became the path that I chose. And, you know, we can go deeper into like conscious parenting and peaceful parenting and all of those other sorts of paradigms that more people have heard of than partnership parenting. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Those paradigms that were introduced to us through these wonderful books and, and wonderful philosophers on parenting, um, you know, offer this to the, the public consciousness. But what it still focused on, which I had a problem with, was changing the behavior of somebody else. And that is authoritarianism, which is the same thing that my parents did to me. They did it through violence and through yelling. And I didn't want any part of that. So I didn't want the manipulation of changing somebody's behavior. I wanted the acceptance of living in partnership. And so that became my path and my passion. Mm -hmm. And that's what I help families move into, um, you know, the best I can. So I just wanted to put that out there and I'll, yes. I will mute myself and. Oh my gosh, Lainey, thank you so much. So much depth in that. And before anybody else responds, I want to just acknowledge Kiosha, who's my partner in crime in this. She unfortunately is having an issue and can't be on um, uh, up here speaking. So she is speaking through the chat. And unfortunately, Michaela, who is supposed to be here, she's having an issue too. So I wanted to acknowledge them. Um, 
But based off of what Lainey said, which is so much, again, this word um, authoritarian, um, what you kind of brought up, this how we parent obviously stems from us, <laughs> us being the parent and our experiences and these conscious choices and decisions that we make and the learning and the shadow work and so much beauty in all of this. Um, who else? Uh, Keely, Natalie, let's kind of, let's see what you have to say. I can jump in here. What? Yeah. I was listening and absolutely nodding my head to everything being said. And it, when you know, when we think about authoritarian parenting, what came to mind for me, just thinking of my own childhood, is really fear-based parenting. Just being fearful of disappointing your parents, always doing the right thing, never questioning, never pushing back, because the repercussions aren't always <laughs> what we want them to be. And even though I didn't necessarily grow up in an abusive household, my parents were very strict. They had very clear guidelines of what what goes and what doesn't. And looking at my own child, I'm trying to definitely switch that around and be a more conscious parent. And I have to acknowledge with the panel and the listeners that it's not, it's funny, it's not always possible. I have to be well rested. I have to be present because as soon as I'm not that, I default into what I've seen and what was um, what I saw from my own parents. And it's, it's just listening to everyone. And I'm asking myself, how do we do this better? As was mentioned earlier, when we know better, we do better. So if I'm, if, if we want to do better, how can we get to know more to ensure that we do know better? Thank you, Keely. And I feel like before we get to Natalie, I just want to, the whole point of this space is everybody we're not perfect. We're not presenting this perfect world of of butterflies and rainbows. Um, everybody gets angry. Everybody gets feels emotions. Um, uh, so I just want to be clear on that. But the, it is a mindset, and it is an awareness. And I think it's just very interesting what you just said about clear guidelines, um, because there is some kind of a structure. People do, I'm just saying this and people might agree or not, there has to be some kind of structure. There needs to be some kind of guidelines and expectations. Um, somebody take from there. Yeah, I'm happy absolutely. to jump in. Oh, God. oh, no. Natalie and then Lainey. Please, please, yeah. Yeah, thank okay. you. Um, yeah, it's... What you just said, you know, is is so true. Um, the fact that being present is the biggest part of it, I think, you know, because um, if we're not present, we're very likely to just fall back into those old patterns. Um, and, you know, for me, um, you know, I had my first child when I was still pretty young. I mean, I was 20. So um, I was still trying to figure out, you know, life, um, having gone through an abusive and traumatic childhood. Um, I certainly didn't have everything figured out before I uh, had this new responsibility of taking care of another little human, you know. Um, 
but I will say that it was really such a blessing for me because it pulled me out of a path of self-destruction. And now instead of um, focusing on like pain that I had been going through, you know, now I just wanted to make sure that I didn't inflict this pain on this little person, you know? And so I just wanted to be a good mom so bad, but um, you know, again, I just really like, didn't have the tools. And so, um, what, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, it's okay. the other lady said about, um, you know, just, uh, doing all of the shadow work. Yeah. You lady know, said it was, it. Mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was so beautiful because it was so necessary. I ended up having to you know, through that process, not only accepting my past, but accepting myself and also being able to accept my children and understand like, oh, I don't want to be that authoritarian. I want to give them that freedom, you know, so I began to study and try to learn the tools that I have um, so that I could pass those on to the, to my kids. And I just, I feel like um, being present is the most important thing that we can do in any moment of the day, just so that we, you know, don't regress into those negative patterns that we grew up with. Thank you, Natalie. And before we go to Lainey, um, in having six children, when were you able to start doing this shadow work with your first child? Um, or was it a little farther down the, the road? No, unfortunately, it was a little bit further down the road. Um, and so, you know, of course, I, I made mistakes, right? And hopefully my, my kids can accept me too and understand where I came from, you know? And I think that that was um, something in this process that I had to understand about my own mom. Like maybe she didn't know better, mm. you know? So there's a whole lot of forgiving involved because we're not perfect, right? Yes. Yeah. That word forgiveness is great. And we aren't perfect. Um, so moms and dads out there, we, we are not perfect beings from what you just said. I just kind of took that, um, there needs to be communication, uh, and admit, I find that in the classroom when I was teaching and then also with my own kids is to be able to admit when you mess up or when you're not sure, or, uh, to, to keep it, open. So yeah, there's another word I want to introduce, which is vulnerability, which I want to get back to that. But before that, um, Lainey, what did you want to say? Yeah, I just wanted to say I resonated with everything Natalie just said, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, wow. I I want to introduce, I know you want to talk about vulnerability. No, go for it. But I want to introduce the concept of trust. Yes, that was one of mine too, yeah. Oh my goodness. And, you know, the not knowing, when you're parenting, you're always just sort of making it up, going along. Mm -hmm. But I think understanding that we come from, well, if we come, if we come from a place of moving from, our core values versus a space of rules. We've we've always got that inner guidance to check in and mm. see whether or not this this thing that I'm going to do is this in alignment with my values, 
or am I saying this thing because it's a rule about parenting and it's how I think parenting should be done? And that self-awareness also is something that we're modeling to our children. If we are checking in and, and understanding that we're fallible and sharing that we make mistakes, just as Natalie said, that, that we're human, that this is all part of it. And I would say, my gosh, I have one child. I can't imagine <laughs> lessons I could have learned with six, but it's parenting is the ultimate, the ultimate um, journey into self and into growth. Yeah. It's, it's about relation. It's about, you know, all that stuff that comes up through parenting. Anyway. Yes, that is, yes. Thank you, Lainey. And I want to um, bring up what Kiyosha is saying, which she, um, when we talked about forgiveness, it's also about forgiving ourselves. So forgiving parents, forgiving those around us and forgiving ourselves for our imperfections um, and our humanness, because that's what we are. Everybody is we're we're human. Um, and I think I just want to address Michaela. I think if you're listening, um, maybe you can try coming back up to the stage. But um, yeah, maybe try give, coming up to the stage. Okay, so before we, so expanding on that word trust. So Lainey, thank you for bringing that up because that was actually one of my questions or my framing questions was, um, how do we raise our kids to actually trust themselves? Thoughts? I can jump in here. Yes. I think for me, the important thing, how we can teach our kids that we trust them or that they can trust themselves is to show that we trust them. If we're thinking about making decisions, we can start them off with little things where they get to decide, where they get to build their confidence and autonomy to decide not necessarily what time am I going to bed, but what am I, what PJs am I wearing? You know, what clothing do I want to wear today? I, starting with those little things is helpful to build their confidence and to build their self-trust. And for us to, I think for me as a mother, to let go of the need to always protect her, always make sure she doesn't get hurt and realizing that part of life, as I'm growing as a parent, she's growing as a child into an adult and just holding the space and letting her make make her decisions, make mistakes, and just be there to hold her if she does fall, if she does get hurt. And I remember when Alexandra was two and three, if she get if she would get hurt, she would always look in my direction to see if she was okay. Yeah. And if I smiled, if I cheered her on, she would totally be fine. But if I had a concerned look on my face, the crying would inevitably happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's that whole sponge. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, waiting for the reaction of, I'm not sure how to respond. How do you think I should respond? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Keely. Um, what you just brought up too with, as parents, yes, we, we want to protect our kids. It's, nat it's a natural instinct to want to protect, to want to protect them from, um, um, from others to want to protect them from themselves, <laughs> um, to not want them to necessarily feel failure in a sense. 
um, when, as you're saying, we all have to fail. That's the only way we learn. And I really love what you said about acknowledging that the child is growing and acknowledge that we're growing. I think that was a very important point. And Michaela, you're here, Finally, aren't you? I'm so sorry, ladies. I'm freaking <laughs> out. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's crap. okay. And I would say other words, but I can't because I have kids home. Right? <laughs> yeah. So Michaela, since you're very grateful that you're here. So why don't you, um, uh, before you respond to anything here that you want to respond to what we're chatting about, say who you are and how many children you have, please. Uh, first of all, I've been loving the conversations. I've been able to hear it, although y'all can't hear me. Um, I'm Michaela S. Cox. I'm a speaker and a writer of nine books. Two of them are on motherhood, the series, and on what I want to tell my kids. I do have two kids, a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. So, Thank you. And before, um, is there anything in particular that you want to respond to um, from what we were just talking about? Um, very powerful content that's worth diving into and is important conversations that need to be had. So for sure. And I'm agreeing with a lot of it. I don't necessarily come from it from all of the backgrounds that y'all have, but I relate to it for different reasonings and my own, um, experiences in probably what arguably would be say a very complicated life and parenting situation. So, um, what I mean by that is I'm legally blind, have been disabled my whole life. Um, I got divorced at 26 and 05. I met the love of my life in um, right, not soon after, long after that. And we were together for almost 12 years dating and marriage. Um, and then we lost him in 2017, almost six years ago. So I'm solo parenting and grief and legal blindness to boot. It makes it interesting. <laughs> It does. It does. And everything that you just, so before somebody else has a chance to speak, I just want you, when we had our pre-chat, you were talking about the fact, which I think is an interesting point to, you feel like your parents kind of has, have not, even as an adult, totally no. accepted you. So uh, maybe, maybe talk to that just a little bit. That's, I still have young kids, so I'm not to the point where we're trying to navigate life as their adult kids and I'm navigating that. But what I have learned it's kind of twofold because I learned a long time ago that a lot of times you're not accepted for who you are for, by many people because I'm disabled, right? So I had a lot of problems with that. Now, my parents did a good job of that when I was young, but after I got to be about 17 or 18, the relationship has never really progressed past that point. I'm still that in their eyes. And so they're great to my kids, and but it's very challenging for me. And it's taught me a lot about what I really hope I don't do as my kids get older. And it causes a lot of frustration. Yeah, very yeah. diplomatically. Yeah, thank you, Michaela. Um, anybody else want to kind of go from there to riff off of that? Yeah, I'd and I could say some other things in my head. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Lainey. Uh, sorry, sorry. I would love to talk about trust. Um, mm -hmm. My my head blew open after I read a book called The Continuum Concept. And I don't know if, if the people in this panel have read that, but it mm -hmm. helped me to shift the understanding of the Western view of parenting, which is all parents must, you know, fill this empty container with uh, the values and and um, you know qualities that they want their children to have, and that's a very typical Western view of parenting. But from deep in the jungle in the Amazon in Peru, 
um, the author of the book uh, discovered that the belief is that children are born knowing who they are hmm. and understand that they are whole already. And when you treat a child from this perspective, which is really based on trust, which is what we were talking about before, yeah, it really shifts the interaction and the relationship. You're coming to to the the um, connection as a whole person, and even though this person may be crawling, you know, and relying on you for their, you know, for food and, and their basic needs, they still understand when they're hungry, they understand when they need to be held. And those are the things that they demand, because those are the basic instincts that are within them. And as they grow, the trust that they know who they are, that stepping towards the fire is a natural part of recognizing that they are a human being with skin and flesh and if they get too close they'll pull themselves away it's it's not the parents responsibility to say don't go near the stove it's it's allowing them to recognize that their flesh will burn and that's mm -hmm. that's really hard that's really hard i can't say i let my child burn his flesh <laughs> however just just you know embodying that kind of understanding that each human being is born whole whole with you know likes wants needs and and self we can offer um you know guidance and that's our job as parents to facilitate and guide but not to control that's huge that that is mind-blowing <laughs> uh Natalie, did yeah. you want to say something? Yeah, may I please? Um, I sure. love what you just said, Manny. Um, yeah, you know, in studying mindset over the last several years, um, that's what I learned too, is that, you know, a lot of parents, you know, as, as parents, we feel like we got to teach them everything. Um, but, you know, they are born with these gifts. We're all born with these gifts. Our intuition our memory our will our reason our um perception and i that's what i've been really focusing on my kids is working on developing those innate characteristics teaching them how to tune into their intuition and um, understand their internal guidance system hmm. you know and knowing that they can trust that um and I think that that's been so important for me to learn that and learn that I can trust myself, you know, because I, when you're, when you're constantly told, you know, what you're supposed to think, what you're supposed to do, you know, and you're not given that freedom, you don't know who you are by the time you grow up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, so I had to figure all of that out and, uh, that's been the one thing that I have really noticed um, in just working with my kids. It's a beautiful thing to see them just start to flourish and start to learn how to trust their own innate gifts. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Intuition, internal guidance system, actually teaching them how to use this. It's, whew, 
Um, Michaela, did you want to say something? Yeah, I did. I agree because I, I, not in all things, because I'm like we said, we're not going to let our kids burn their flesh or jump out in front of a car. But in the instances where it doesn't literally cause life harm, I do believe in natural consequences to a small degree because the odds are if they do that once and ooh, that, that hurt or that didn't work out too well, they're probably not going to do it again. And then it gives them some freedom to figure out what works, what doesn't work. So like you were saying, you need to learn how to think for yourself and make your decision and what you want and what you don't want. But if you're always controlled or programmed, when you get out in the world at 18, you don't know anything. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. serve you very well. Um, right. As far as my situation, that there was something else I was going to say about it was, is that, I find it very challenging to live my own life. And so I want with the way my interactions are because it's always, there's always something being, and now I don't want to live my life according to what people say. And that's not what I'm saying, but just the, the pull and the push and of the dynamic of my parents relationship. And I really hope that as I'm learning those lessons of how it makes me feel that way, then I'll think, okay, as a parent, I don't want to do that because I don't want my relationship to be with my kids that way. And that way, when they're adults, I've learned enough, hopefully, if I'm smart, like I think I am, that I'll be able to make it different for when my kids get older and, and progress and whatnot. So, mm. Thank you, Michaela. Um, if you could please um, uh, mute yourself, Michaela, that would be great. Oh. Just, yeah, until you, um, you know, have something to say just for background noise. I appreciate it. I think I can do that. <laughs> um, Legal blindness is kicking my butt. Ah, uh, and if you, okay, there we go. You got it. I kind of just reiterating what you said, Lainey, I think that's just such an important concept that, that concept of that someone is born whole. So then it's kind of like an even playing ground, right? <laughs> it's if, if I'm understanding this correctly, it's, that the parents understand this about the child. So then there's the openness to be able to allow them to explore and to express themselves. Absolutely. That, I mean, that really embodies the, the lesson from the um, continuum concept that's, that really embodies it. And it's a relationship of trust and yeah. knowing. I remember you know, I'm sure everybody here had a birth plan and wrote out how they wanted to give birth and, you know, what they did and didn't want to have happen during that. And I also did that. So my birth plan, nothing went as planned. You know? <laughs> and so I had, that was my first lesson of letting go of control. Sure, I, I can set an intention and really focus on creating the most wonderful environment when push comes to shove, you know, literally water breaks 40 hours later and I'm still in labor. Okay. So I'm not having a natural birth. Pitocin is, is a part of it. So mm. I had to really be okay with that. And the, the second thing that gave me another sort of kick in the pants lesson was, you know, I'm not going to let my son use a uh, pacifier. I don't, <laughs> he doesn't need it. That's just something made up by the Westerner, you know, this whole story. And after making marks on his arms for the first three days of his life, I was like, guess what? This mm -hmm. child is telling me he needs a pacifier. He needs, he's got this really strong impulse to suck and as much boob as I can give him, you know, he's, he still has this impulse. So 
it's 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 a bigger lesson for those of us that have been conditioned by mainstream society to let go of control let go and trust that this individual that we're privileged to you know be a guard guardian of um they know what they want they know who they are and it's for us as parents to cue into those clues and really or clue into those cues where <laughs> I reverse that and, and understand that the privilege is is the relationship the connection mm. yes oh my gosh um I'm just thinking of it's as our children kind of present their personalities um and what I realize is that you know no matter how many children you have, one or six or 10, not one is the same. So um, even just seeing exact, like when they came out, like that my son had, it was very picky eater. There was hard to feed him, um, sweating a lot, all this kind of stuff. Um, my daughter uh, just kind of like latched right on and uh, she has such a, she is such a foodie. <laughs> uh, my son is still kind of picky, less picky than he was. Um, still sweats a lot and all of this, but um, that so they kind of present when they're younger in so many ways. And my daughter was always very headstrong. And at one point, like she wanted to wear, she would pick out her own clothes. So at two years old, she was picking her own clothes. And could that have been a battle? It could have been, um, but we kind of learned to allow it. And because it was the way she expressed herself. Uh, at one point she was wearing maybe one headband, maybe three headbands in her head. She just kind of always had this uh, passion for fashion. Um, and it was just in the allowing, like you were saying, Lainey, which just made me think that it is a privilege. It doesn't always feel like that in the moment, um, but it honestly is a privilege to be able to witness them for who they are. Keely, did you wanna say something? I did. Uh, you know, what you're saying is resonating so much with me. Alexandria is absolutely her own person. And I firmly believe that we get the children we need, not the children we want. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I didn't mm -hmm. want her, but what I love about her personality is she really challenges me in ways that I never expected or probably wanted. I have very particular ideas of what to wear. Three headbands, do we need three? Could we just have one mismatch socks? Why not just the two same socks? They're right next to each other. So really getting, and here's where I wanna give a shout out to our partners for those who do have them and they don't necessarily have to be life partners. They could be best friends, your community, where I've been helped and challenged to grow and allow Alexandria to become her own person because as was mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. they, they are born as whole people. They don't need to find anything. They are who they are. They grow into themselves. And my job is to hold space for her to become even more herself, not to become a version of what I think she needs to be in order to be successful, in order not to get hurt, all those kinds of things. So thank you for saying that, that completely resonated. And I think that's a piece of vulnerability in my case saying, yeah, this is where I've had to grow. And this is probably an area where I'll continue growing for the rest of my life to ensure that I 
I let her be her. Thank you, Keely. And that's another Thank you, Keely. And that's another tool. Maybe if you could mute yourself. There we go. Thank you. That's another word that I want to kind of go off um, in a minute when we're ready is vulnerability. Um, uh, Michaela, did you want to say something? I agree. I think I heard one of my girlfriends say this one time that as parents, we have to say no so many times. So let's when it's not really a big problem, like it may not be what we want, but who cares if they want to do things a little differently as long as it doesn't come, cause harm, excuse me, because we have to say no so many times. Let's find the ways we can say yeses. And maybe like if they want to experiment and express themselves, that will teach them how to learn things and what they want and who they are. But then also I feel like if we give them a little freedom in the little things, then as opposed to controlling so much that when you always hear these nightmare stories about kids that were over sheltered and they get out on their own and they go off in the deep end. So maybe if we allow them the freedom that in the ways and the areas that we can, it'll help them figure out them. And then the bigger things that we don't want for them may not be as like, so taboo because they had the freedom and the expression that they needed. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. And I want to acknowledge Kelly, Kelly Schwartz Kevel, you are up here in this space. So I'm happy to have you be part of the conversation. So if you want to unmute yourself, feel free and um, say how many children you have and introduce yourself. If you feel inspired. Hey, I'm excited to jump on with you all. I didn't mean to jump right in. It's okay. <laughs> I don't Go know for how it. That happened. <laughs> um, but I was just really appreciating the last two comments, um, to additions to the conversation. And as my children have grown into young adulthood, it's becoming challenging in a new way, right? Like when they have different political views and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I have four and I'm really appreciating this conversation because it is an ongoing an ongoing um, experience, allowing them to be who they are. It is. And actually what you just said, I think is a very important thing because um, uh, thinking about my daughter. So my daughter is right now 19 and she's been saying it for a little bit, um, but she'll say, mom, you realize the more you say no, the more I'm going to want to do it. <laughs> um, and she, she just calls me on things uh, a lot. And she'll present scenarios. She'll ask me something where I'm just like, um, I have no idea how to respond to that. And she said, well, would you rather me be talking to you about it? Or would you rather me be doing it behind your back? Um, I'm like, hmm, always making me think. <laughs> but I think what you just brought up is um, in having older children, um, Kelly is, yeah, the whole thing with they're not they are who they are and we're allowing them to be who they are, not what we want them to be. So having different political views at one point, my son said something to me and I said, who are you? Like I was in one of my moods, I, who raised you? Like I couldn't wrap my head around how he could think that way. And he said, um, didn't you raise me to be my own person? He said this at like 16. Um, and didn't you raise me to have my own thoughts and ideas? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so when they call you on it, when they get old enough to say that back to you, like you said, Keely, it's like being that mirror and really putting it back, uh, just learning a lot all the time. It's a process. 
Anybody else have thoughts on that before we talk a little bit about vulnerability? And then we're going to, we're almost getting to the top of the hour, which is crazy. Um, I'm happy to talk and to respond to that. That's yes, a good cool. one for me. So I work with teens. That really is my passion. Um, and, you know, I often hear parents say, well, we don't want them to talk back and we don't want them to be disrespectful and we don't want them to not break the rules and, and challenge us. And I encourage teens to do that all the time, all of those things, because those are the skills that they're gaining to learn how to navigate their life, right? Those are the skills that they're they're cultivating, which will really serve them in, in life. And from a parenting perspective, it's rather inconvenient when they do that. <laughs> and that's really the problem of the parents, right? And that's their relationship to control and authoritarianism and all of those other things. But let me just candidly tell you when it gets flipped on my head, my head, I'm the one who works with the teens and all, you know, I wrote a book for parents of teens and all that stuff. Like this is my wheelhouse. But when my son and I have these constant conversations about politics, which are, they're similar, but they're, they're in some spaces very in opposition. I get triggered and I recognize that this is about me, right? Not about him. And he's doing all of those wonderful things that I want him to do. I want him to push back. I want him to challenge me. I want him to cultivate his own strength and inner wisdom. And he's doing all of that. And damn it, if it's inconvenient for me, that's <laughs> my problem. So I just want to resonate with everybody who is feeling the same way. And, you know, <laughs> I love that word that you're using that it's inconvenient for me as a parent. Right? I think that's such a beautiful way to state that. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And the word triggered and recognizing that it's about me, not him. And like Kiosha just said, it's important that they have their own views. Like, what you said, Lainey, is these are the skills, these are life skills um, that they're going to take with them their whole life. We want them to be able to be independent, to be independent thinkers. Uh, Keely, what were you going to say? Okay, maybe not. Okay, Michaela, did you want to say something? Yeah, I think another thing we have to take into consideration that each of us as adults and as children who grow into adults are going to have different experiences. Like, thank God my kids aren't legally blind or disabled of any sort. So my experiences of growing up from birth to legally blind and all the things I've encountered have very much informed how I see the world or being divorced or having to lose a husband at 38 and raising two kids. My parents haven't gone through any of those things, so they don't I don't see the world the way they see it. The way I relate to the world is totally different from them, which is probably part of the problem. But happily, maybe my kids won't have the three Ds of my life. And so they're going to see the world differently. Another way they see the world differently is I'm an only child. They have siblings. So like, mom, you're not, you don't have siblings. You don't get it. This is how we work. I'm like, okay. So I think we have to take that into account that each experience of each life definitely influence and shapes and forms who we are. So that's going to play into how we come up with our worldviews and our own thoughts, even if inconvenient. 
that's going to be different from my parents and mine from my children. So we have to maybe think about that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Michaela. Definitely. We all have our own stories. We all have our own perspectives. We all have our own take on things. Um, anybody else want to uh, take that? Either Natalie or Kelly? Well, I, I was just thinking, you know, one of the most important ways I think that we can foster independence in our kids is that rather than, you know, telling them this is what you should do or this is why you should do it, you know, how about we just ask them questions and get them thinking about, you know, why they want to do something or why, you know, give them that space to consider their reasonings for doing things, um, you know, making sure that it's something that they want to do. And it's not just because it's, you know, they're getting pressure from a friend or something like that. I think it's really important to just ask questions because then as they grow, they're, they're going to ask themselves those same questions when they're making decisions and stuff. And, um, yeah. I just, I just feel like that's a very powerful tool. Um, and I, I love what Lainey said too about, you know, getting them. I love it when my kids challenge me too, you know, when they, um, I mean, the greatest lessons that I've ever had in life have been for my kids. Mm -hmm. um, so yes. it's, it's just the most beautiful experience possible, you know, and I, I love what she said too. The privilege is the connection, you know, it's not, it's our job to help them get safely to adulthood. But, you know, um, the privilege is that lifelong connection that we get to build with this incredible human being. Mm. Thank you for that, Natalie. How beautiful. Um, Michaela, did you want to respond? I Yes, I agree. I like the idea of asking our kids questions like, I may have a role or a position, but my daughter's kind of grown up some and she's heard me say, make your case. If you can bring to me what you want, but validate. And I like in school, when you have to back up your research, back up your position, make your case, be an independent thinker. And if you can prove to me, you have validity in your argument and convince me that maybe we need to do differently, then okay, let's talk about it. I think that's important because they need to know what they believe and why they believe it and stand up for it and be able to defend it. Mm, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And like Kiyosha said, that teaches them to advocate for themselves because we want our kids to have these tools, you know? Um, Kelly, did you want to say something? Kelly? Okay. Um, don't know what's going on with that. Um, okay, so we'll kind of round it up with, and we'll kind of see where it goes, um, since we just have a few more minutes. Um, what does, we kind of touched on it, but what does vulnerability in parenting mean to you? We have touched on it, but let's kind of take that and go with it a little bit. What does vulnerability in parenting mean to you? Michaela? And I then Lainey. I think you can mean a lot of things. You're going to see your kids have vulnerable moments. You're going to have vulnerable, vulnerable moments just going through the journey of learning parenting and having to learn and grow together. But I think for me, that took on a different nature when we all three, meaning me and my children, although their experience of losing a dad, I've never lost a parent yet. They've never been married and lost a, parent, a spouse, and I have. So 
that brings a whole nother dynamic into a family life of grief and those vulnerable, really hard emotions and situations that you didn't choose and having to just do normal life while you're going through that process because grief never really goes away. You don't get over it or past it. You go through it. It's always there. It's. I've been thinking lately, it's like we talk about rose-colored glasses. Well, I feel like sometimes it's a perpetual state of and both a little twinge of constant bittersweet of my life is seen through blue tinted glasses because I'm enjoying the moments, but then I'm always thinking what could, not what could have been, but he, they're missing out and he is missing out. And it's kind of hard, but it's still, you try your best to be in that moment. So I think when you're doing parenting and grief and maybe other hard situations, it brings another layer of vulnerability that necessarily wouldn't be there, but you have to learn to walk through on top of just normal vulnerability of just doing life and raising kids and learning as parents and learning with your kids and growing, but then you have that extra layer you have to work through and experience than just the normal, if that makes any sense. Yeah, thank you, Michaela. Lainey? Yeah, this is one that I have thought long and hard about, and I'll briefly say vulnerability is the sibling of trust, and it is actually the key to connection. Mm -hmm. I would so agree with that. Was there some, okay. Yeah, you put yourself on mute. Yes, Natalie, go ahead. And to me, you know, I think it's really important to remember that it's okay to not have all the answers and to show our kids, you know, that, hey, I don't know all the answers. That's okay. Because, you know, then they don't have this um, unreasonable expectations on me or themselves later on when they're, you know, find themselves in a vulnerable situation. So I don't really have a problem ever admitting to them, like, I'm not sure. Let's look that up. What resources can we use to find out the answer? You know, um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not shy when I need to apologize, you know, as sometimes I do lose my core. I try to be as patient as as a as a saint, you know, but sometimes, you know, things just I you know, yeah know a little bit, you know, everybody <laughs> does. So I you everybody know, I'm like, does. Hey, I, I lost my cool there. I you know, I, I need to do better than that. So um I think it's just being open and honest with our kids and um, not put some unreasonable expectation on ourselves that we, you know, it's okay to, um, to cry in front of them and whatever, you know, it's, it's yeah. uh, okay to just show emotion and be vulnerable. I think that's important. Yeah. And what Kiosha said, for me, it means being open to the fact that I have the ability to misinterpret who they are and to allow them to be who they are, who um, who they were created to be. Um, it is okay to be human. <laughs> um, vulnerability is something I can talk for hours about. Yes, Lainey, I completely get that. And I think that's going to be a whole other topic. Um this space is like a spotlight, a space to start the conversations where we will then continue in another space. Um, so much to be said on all of this. And uh, parents out there, parents, people that are parents, people that want to be parents who are listening to this is just understand that we are human. 
we make mistakes, but um, we find our way. And so much that was said in this space um, about really finding about how you are doing your shadow work, um, uh, knowing, having the contrast, knowing what you want, knowing what you don't want, um, being vulnerable, trusting all of these are all of these key components to um, navigating this parenting space. So before we say our goodbyes, is there anything else that anybody wants to share? Um, and then we'll, then we'll go from there. That rhymed. Michaela. I think for us parents, and even though I'm not saying I have all the answers and nor am I the best at this, but I'm trying to learn. It's a process and it's progress, right? Is the goal not perfection? We have to be willing to give ourselves space to have grace and be okay with it, knowing that we're doing our best and really striving to thrive, but also sometimes knowing our kids have it hard too and to give them some grace sometimes and find that right balance. Thank you. Thank you, Michaela. Yeah. Lainey and then Natalie. I just wanted to add that as parents, I really feel strongly that we are accountable for exploring and cultivating awareness in our inner worlds. That's really what our job is. And the more that we do that, we're modeling that looking inside is safe for our children. And again, that's the point of connection that uh, that's what we need. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah, I just, I just um, resonate very deeply with everything that all of the the ladies have said this evening and um i just feel like you know being a parent is the most important job that we'll ever have um it's the only job we have that we you know try to work ourselves out of it i guess you know and we do a good job if you know the kids don't need us as much when when they're older but um you know it's a beautiful journey and i think that as long as we can stay present and aware and just um, allow this beautiful journey to unfold, face what comes, you know, and just um, have that grace, as they mentioned before, you know, and just understanding that we all just need grace, right? Everybody. So um, give it to ourselves, give it to our kids, give it to others, and um, just enjoy this beautiful parenting don't put so much pressure on on us we're all doing okay <laughs> thank you enjoy <laughs> lift the pressure off thank you thank yes. you yes keely did keely, you want to say anything i'm not sure, I'm not sure if you... i did i'm finally back i was struggling with my um just microphone I just wanted to say I can so resonate with everything that the panel has said and thank you for a rich conversation. And something that a friend of mine always reminds me is when our kids are having, when they're acting out, they're not giving us a hard time, they are having a hard time. And that's something that I always take to heart. They have all these big emotions and we want to create that safe space for them to have those feelings, to feel their feelings and we are inevitably if we want to be we can become their safe space that even if they grow up they move away they no longer need us they know they can always come back for that safety 
for a, a zone without any judgment. And ultimately, that's the joy of parenting, having seeing our kids go out there and do their own thing. Thank you, Keely. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, uh, Kelly, I'm not sure if you're, uh, do you want to say anything before we go? Okay, not working. So everybody, I want to thank everybody on this panel. Thank you so, so much for taking this hour to be part of this conversation and be vulnerable yourselves and trust the space. And um, I so appreciate you. And those here with us live, we know that you could be doing anything with your hour and so grateful that you spent it with us. And those listening to the replay, so, so grateful. Um, this is all a space about everything that we talked about. It's just feeling the feelings, um, giving yourself, being vulnerable, trusting yourself, trusting your children, knowing that they know who they are and they are one and they are finding their way through it. Um, just so much beauty in the conversation. So in order to stay in the loop, um, and Kiosha, I'm sorry, Kiosha, I'm sorry you couldn't be up here on the stage, but I'm so grateful for everything in the chat. And it was a great conversation. Um, this is a space, uh, uh, the art of parenting your own way. It wasn't in the manual. It is soon going to be coming um, live online uh, in forums and articles in magazine form. And to stay in the loop, uh, there is, uh, you can get on our mailing list, which is in the chat and also will be in the bylines and all the information when we post this. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, so grateful. And I wish you wherever you are listening in the world, wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and we'll be talking to you soon. So goodbye, everybody. Well, that was an inspiring conversation. This space is all about exploring the topics of parenthood that you will not find in any book, but it is real life experiences from all different experiences from parents. Our website will be launching in January 2023. So to get on the mailing list and be in the loop with all that is being created for you, just go to it wasn't in the manual at gmail.com. There is no manual which is the adventure. Be talking to you soon.